We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's your True Faith Newcastle United free podcast. Um, if you want to hear this podcast ad-free, you can do that on our Patreon platform at £6.60 a month. You are more than welcome to come over there and join us. You not only get this podcast advert-free, but you get about um, 40 to 50 extra podcasts a month on all kinds of stuff in the world of Newcastle United. So please do consider joining us over there. And I also have a quick message for you from footballprizes.co.uk who have a Alan Shearer signed and custom framed Newcastle United shirt up for grabs as a competition this week. That competition closes on Friday night, so do grab yourself a ticket before then. Okay, we'll get into it. My name is Charlotte Robson. I'm joined tonight by Mick Martin and Adam Widrington to discuss the Amanda Staveley interview that... Uh, was in The Athletic, came out in The Athletic um, last week. It was last week now. Yeah, Friday. The days melt into one. Um, We are going to use that interview as a jump-off point this evening to talk to you about just how big do we think Newcastle United can be. So with no further ado, I will um, start us off. So uh, Mick, I'll come to you first. Um, how should we react to very bold words in this interview from clearly very bold owners? Um, there's a few choice quotes I'll pull out, but uh, let, let's get your gut reaction to the interview first. It's very positive, isn't it? Um, so who wouldn't want their, the, the people who are leading their football club to speak in those terms? That's what I've waited for all of my life. Um, so here we are. We've got uh, bold ambition. Um it's great. It's great. Some people will say, "Oh, they're overpromising, etc." But I don't. I don't agree with that. I think it's um, set the bar really, really high, and and it captures everyone's imagination. And you know, it's Newcastle fans that are going to be listening to that. But for me, the message goes right around the world as well. So it's for players. It's for players' agents. It's a big statement when Newcastle United and we're coming. Yeah, I hadn't really considered as well that like. I mean, my mind is so insular at the moment about Newcastle United. I just bathe in Newcastle United news that, of course, it goes around the world. Lots of people are going to read that interview. Lots of people are going to think, that's very exciting. There's something going on there. Adam, what did you think? I also think we're reading these words at the right time as well, where we are absolutely riding the crest of a wave at a time where the club feels more united than it has in at least a decade, probably beyond as well. We, you know the feel-good factor on the club, the fact that the performances have turned into points and that survival is looking 
pretty feasible now, you know. So, you know, to hear our owners come out and again re- reiterate their support for the for Eddie and to reiterate their objectives and ambitions for the next few years, it's yeah. I, 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 all I want to do is drink that in. It's 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 amazing to read. It's it's refreshing to see people, you know, the people who are running this club being so open, telling us what they plan to do. Mix right. It's. It's also a signal to other clubs to say, you know, because, you know, if, if our owners don't have the conviction of what they're saying right now, how the hell are they going to convince anybody in summer to come and, you know, join the project? They have to believe it themselves. Um, so, you know, the boldness, it, it, it excites me and it just kind of lifts us, you know, it makes us dream now with the fact that we're in a much better position in the league. We can, we can look ahead to summer and it's going to be, it's going to be some window. It's going to be historic. Yeah, it is. It is all very exciting, isn't it? Um, you mentioned there about Eddie Howe and their backing of Eddie Howe, and that is one of the main things that came out of this article. Um, that I am interested in how you both feel. Um, I, I think it was Murdad who said, "I would love Eddie, 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 Eddie Howe to be the next Sir Alex Ferguson." Um, is that is that how you see him, Mick? Is that what you'd like to see? I mean, when he came in. Uh, the job was, you know, let's just stay in the Premier League. But as 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 we've as we've seen over the past few months, every single player on that pitch is getting better. The cohesion, the smiles on faces. There's so much positivity around the club, and I, I think a large part of that is attributed to him. Do you do you think this is a realistic aim? This sort of Sir Alex Ferguson type. Well, I think we would love it if he was <laughs> as successful as Alex Ferguson. And I think it speaks to something that's been going around in football, which is Eddie Howe's just the kind of the the lad that's going to do the, the groundwork and then will, at some point in the next two years, leave and then they'll get one of these stellar managers, a Pep Guardiola or a, a Jurgen Klopp, etc. So I think it maybe is dealing with that kind of um, a surgeon that's been out there um, and they want to nail that because I think it is speaking to players that they're going to be after and their agents which is you know Eddie Eddie Howe is doing a great job at Newcastle right now and has done you know since for the last few months when we're unbeaten and things are on an upturn etc but largely across Europe he's unknown he mm. was the guy that managed Bournemouth did a great job there and got them up etc but you know if you're talking to kind of Champions League calibre players, they'll be wondering who he is and uh, and all of that kind of thing. So I do think they're trying to kind of take the, that homespun kind of element off him and talking him up and saying, he's our man. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we're right behind him because, you know, some people might think he is the second prize because they were after Emery, weren't yeah. they? Um, yeah. So that, you know, and they were publicly knocked back with that. But I think they were very uh, careful to say that Yaza al Rumian. That's massively bad pronunciation. But it's a good go. It's well, he's Yaza from now on, and um, so um, War Yasser. Uh, War Yasser. Um, <laughs> said he was Eddie's man, and the like, the data, and mm. all of that kind of stuff. So they're talking him up. Uh, they're talking the whole club up. I hate using that word project, but it it, it makes, is a project. It, it, it makes us feel as though it's like a undergraduate kind of thing but, um, <laughs> but um it's a dissertation I, i'm putting my dissertation in it <laughs> dissertation on how to make newcastle a global super force but um so i do think there's a there's a method to that and i do think there's an intention to talk eddie Howe up 
But if you're Eddie Howe and you're here or not, you've got to be delighted, haven't you? And it's, it's speaking to the players in the squad. It's speaking to players all over the world and their agents about this is Newcastle United. This is where we're going. He's our man. We're going to back him. We've backed him so far. We really like him. Yeah. You I also really liked in the interview that they did mention Emery and they talked about that. And to your point, they said, you know, that, that the chairman of PAF was Team Eddie, hashtag Team Eddie from, from the get go. But um, I like that they were like, he would, Emery wouldn't have been the right man for the job. They kind of, even though they'd gone from fittest, um, I, I, I kind of, I, I kind of like that kind of, well, if he had come, he probably wouldn't have done as good. Like it might not have worked. I actually want to. Actually, didn't like the way they they mentioned Emery in that in the interview. I think it was more because when they said Emery would wouldn't have been the the right call. Mm. I think that was maybe just too far. I think you can praise the you can praise the current manager. You you employ him. You can you can say that Eddie's the right man without saying Emery's the wrong man. And I think I'd and and the, and and obviously there was a couple of quotes about Botman, which we can maybe get onto later as well, which sort of. Ed on the side, on the side of maybe arrogance and maybe I, I don't, I don't like those such direct quotes about people in the, in public domain when not, nothing's set in stone yet. So I think I would slightly disagree in the Emery thing. I think it's good that they reinforced Eddie Howe and to, to sort of follow on what from what he was saying. I think it matters less that Eddie's a name in a way because it's the club that's the draw. It's the owners that are the draw. It's the it's the you know the the potential that is the draw, um, and this is essentially where Eddie's going to make his name. I think there are there's precedent now for so many young coaches across the continent. I don't think that's a necessarily new thing anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, managers that we might otherwise not have heard of. Um, I think there's they're a lot more prevalent. If you look at the you know the the average age of uh, managers in the Premier League now, with a lot of young and up and coming, Gerard Lampard, a lot of younger managers. I, I think that's kind of more the status quo now. I don't think that's a ter- like a terrible thing. I don't think that would necessarily let us miss out. I think what players will look at is, are the club thriving? Why? Oh, it's down to that guy. That's pretty good. The, look at the fans and, you know, and they're up the league. And that's what I think, and obviously the, the, the money that we'll throw at players um, as well. But I think, yeah, I, I think that it's great that they've essentially said to Eddie, if you keep doing... If you keep taking us upwards on this upward trajectory, if you can keep doing what we ask of you, and we'll set, you know, we'll set higher higher bars every season, every season. And if he continues to meet them, they're obviously very, very impressed by his work ethic. They've they've spoken about his his attention to detail in the piece. Um, They talked when they hired him about you know his plans and how intricate he was and how everything was so meticulous. You've mentioned the data as well, Mick, and I think. They're essentially saying to Eddie, look, if you want this, this this can be yours. It's in your hands. If you can take us to places we've never been before, there's no reason to move you on. And I think that's important to hear, yeah. especially after, after he has genuinely delivered. He really has. He's not there yet. He hasn't completed mission one yet, survival. But I think the, the, the way he's turned the club around with a feel-good factor, the fact that the players are fitter, that's mentioned in the piece as well, yeah. and the fact that now the points are taking us up the table, we can actually start to look forward. I think they're laying down the gauntlet to Eddie to say, look, we really like you. Don't give us a reason to, to, to sort of not like you anymore. Yeah. It's there It's there if you want it. There's a legacy to build here. I think the Emery thing is, um, 
he knocked them back and he sort of publicly made so why wouldn't you say like you would have been rubbish anyway we hate you um <laughs> and uh yeah I think so I think I think it's a bit of bit of everything that you both just said there isn't it it's a global sort of look at what we're doing uh the rest of the world look at what we're, we've got here and we believe this manager is the manager and there's so much to come so you should come and join us get on the get on the get in the car we're, like and it, it, and it doesn't, you know, you don't know what exactly they mean by it. Do they mean like a really long legacy? Do they mean lots and lots of trophies? Do they mean both? Let's um, have both. I think both. Yeah, because <laughs> you don't know exactly, you know, because sometimes those quotes, their interpretation of that could be something different from us. But I think, yes, I, I would suggest somebody who could be there a while and deliver success. And I think what you've said there, Mick, about this sort of setting intention in into Europe into the rest of the world it ties into another sort of bold claim from them that there's no reason why Newcastle in the next five years should not be a Man City or a Man United or a Liverpool or a Chelsea those are the clubs that young players um, especially international young players know from the UK from England English football and so they're they're saying we're in a league with them I think is, is that do you agree yeah I do um because they do set the bar. They're the, the most successful clubs in the country and and in Europe for for the last few years, haven't they? Haven't they been? So, uh, yes, I think um, putting our club's name in that frame amongst those might sound daft to some, given how yeah. barren uh, we've been in terms of uh, winning trophies or even competing, but it sets down the marker and it's, it's about positioning the club amongst other clubs where we think we're... You know we should be, and mm-hmm. you know I've I've always been of the opinion that that is where Newcastle United should be. I've I've never accepted that we're also runs. I've always believed that the that the clubs should be in that spot. And uh, if I can go off meandering down memory lane, I remember <laughs> have coming in pissed when I was a young <laughs> lad and speaking to my dad after I'd been to trips to Old Trafford and Anfield, etc. And saying, "Oh, they're marvelous clubs," and my old man getting angry saying. They're, those clubs are no bigger than Newcastle, son. They're He's no, instilled it in you. Absolutely, they're not bigger than Newcastle. Newcastle are bigger than them. They've just had, they've just been well run. Yeah, and that is the difference. Mm-hmm. That is the absolute difference. Newcastle United has never ever been well run. Even in the days of Hall and Shepherd, can pull that apart. And they're underachieved really in that period, given the money that was available to them, etc. Um, so they've got to be well run, and they've got to have investment, and then they'll go on from that, and they'll be. An absolutely mega club. Yeah, well, that that takes us nicely into part two. But before we get there, we have a couple of messages from our sponsors. Uh, if you don't want to hear them, you know what to do. Join us on Patreon for six pounds sixty a month. We'll be back in one second. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It's part two of the True Faith Newcastle United podcast. We are analysing the Amanda Staveley and Murdad Gadusi uh, interview that came out in The Athletic last week. Um, really, sort of, Mick, there you were talking about how big Newcastle can be. Um, and that is that is the main question I have for this uh, next segment. Um, is it is it stupid? Is it getting ahead of ourselves? Is it just daft to start thinking or talking about Newcastle United being a Chelsea, a Man U, a Liverpool, etc., to use Midad Gaduce's words, when we are still, yes, we're on the ascent, but we are still in a relegation battle. There's only about four points between us and uh, an 18th. So do you think we just need to, to calm ourselves down and walk before we can run? Or Never calm yourself down. <laughs> 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 so I'm going to get a little bit Oscar Wilde. We're all in the gutter, but some of us are looking, <laughs> looking at the stars, and I think that's where that's where we are at the minute. But no, I do think we're a massive football club. Look, we get crowds of 52,000 when we're third bottom of the league and in the championship, etc. And uh, where I sit in the Gallagher West at the uh, uh, Villa game, I was just having a look around. And there's not an empty seat in the place, and the corporate sections, the boxes, they're absolutely rammed. Yeah. And mates of mine are texting us, can you get us a ticket? Blah, blah, blah. And I've never had, you couldn't give them away. Yeah. yeah. You know? well, well, he literally had to give away 10,000. Well, well, he did. Yeah. But, you know, if you, if you couldn't make it, people, you'd ring somebody to fancy a ticket. No, not really. You know, yeah. and the, so the thing had died. So this kind of thing, Club of the North, you know, I'm a fervent believer that Newcastle United should be the club that people support from the tweed to the tees. And I couldn't give a shit about any other clubs in between. So, you know, we need to hoover that support up and become the club that young kids want to support when they grow up because we'll have the heroes playing for them. We'll capture the imagination. So we're getting 52,000 now from the region. We know easily we could add another 8,000 probably mm-hmm. at the next home game, couldn't we? Yeah. You know, so we could take that. So 60... 65 and then there's part of me thinks why can't we have the biggest stadium in England well, but then you get what would that be how many well that would be would about 75, 75 over yeah. past Man United but that's probably getting ahead of ourselves uh, at that point and so it, we, so there is a line there is a, <laughs> only a timeline okay. so, right, so <laughs> only milestones on the road to like, having a 200,000 seat estate. oh my god <laughs> so um, I, I that was a joke listeners um, but, <laughs> but I don't see any reason why we shouldn't get up past 60,000 mm-hmm. in the next few years if they put their mind to it um, yeah. so yeah um, but then there's the question the St James's Park question and um, yeah a lot of people welcomed that statement that Murdad made. I've got mixed feelings about it because I want as many people, particularly to Geordies, it. to see the team in this, what we hope is going to be a golden period, and I don't want anyone locked out. And if that means moving stadiums, 
I, I think I'd listen to that, but that's it's, it's I'm a only big one conversation. Voice. Yeah. yeah I'm well, let's let's voice. talk about the statement um, and the the club state the 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 ground statement um, in in a minute. But Adam, let's just track back ever so slightly. What do you what do you think? Do you think we're getting ahead of ourselves, or how big do you think we could be? I, th- I think we can be huge. I think the time frame is. Um, it is ambitious, of course it is, and if you think we're starting off from a much lower part of the league, our squad, the amount of rebuilding and turnover required to to even get us into the top eight is going to be significant. But look, I just think specifics like this don't matter at this point. Like, I think we can kind of almost be afford to be have those vague objectives or just like throwing throwing something out like, yeah, let's try and be them in five years. Like, it's probably not going to happen. But what it does tell us is. We're going to spend a hell of a lot of money to try and get there, and it and it sounds like it's going to be quite a lot of fun as well. So I think I think once we are more established, you know, hopefully elite club in the future, that's when I think words will and their literal meaning will matter a lot more, and I think we can scrutinise more. But I think at the minute we they're getting excited like we are. Yeah. Like I, I think um, you know they're they're feeling this this energy as well. And, and and I must say to them, even despite how, you know, despite how outlandish some people might think some of these claims and hopes are, are these objectives, like they've, this is what they were saying on day one. This is what they're still saying now. And I think, again, it goes, it, there's an argument to say that, well, why can't they be right in five years? Because we, we don't know what this summer looks like. We don't know how they operate with a, with a clean slate, Premier League state is secured, um, Fingers crossed. A, a lot of leeway with FFP wise. We don't know how I mean, we could go out and get like five, six massive players and suddenly become a huge force. Like we we don't know what we're going to look like in two or three years' time. So as as much as it might be unlikely, and you look at other clubs, their their ascent into elite clubdom, <laughs> then you, you look at us and just say, well, why can't we fast track by learning from their mistakes, recruiting better, getting the best infrastructure going and and doing it better and spending more and, and just being cannier with it there's no way that, that at this point in time you can be skeptical i think but i don't think anyone could absolutely say it's impossible so what i was going to say was i think you can go quite far quite quickly um and i think newcastle can go to be in a top eight team next season and probably the season after that probably looking at getting further on where I think the difficulty lies is getting into those Champions League spots. Mm. So those top four spots are really hard to target and everyone wants one of those spots. But then I look at the the wider football piece and I think West Ham are knocking on the door now. Well, how hard does it put take to put a team that can beat West Ham together? Then the other one is Leicester. Leicester have been in the Champions League in the last three or four years, haven't they? So have Spurs. Spurs got the bloody final, and I think Spurs are crap. <laughs> they were one-man team, really. Yeah. So you've got you've got that. So how far can you go? I think you can go really far, very quickly, to a certain level. Then you've got to take another step. So getting into that space that Man City, Liverpool, um, and Chelsea have been at in the last few years, breaking that kind of monopoly up if you like that's the hard bit but getting quickly to that spot in the top Mm -hmm. eight and then top four then I think we can do do that but then you look at 
who the competition is, right? So, um, should we be should we feel threatened by Wolves, Everton? No, <laughs> not Everton. <laughs> Villa, etc. Right? Yeah. No, I don't think we should. Then you look at Tottenham. Tottenham are a really unhappy club behind the surface, and so are Arsenal. So. All through my adult life, Arsenal were a brilliantly run club. Going back decades, even, you know, they've always been a top club. They're aristocrats of English football. They're not anymore. They had Wenger there for so long, and they've never, they're struggling to replace him. And the ownership's a bit screwed as well. So you've got all of that. Daniel Levy at Tottenham, blah, blah, blah. And then this week, obviously, very, very traumatic, earth shattering events, literally, the stuff that the impact on Chelsea. Where are Chelsea going to go? Yeah. They've got a massive question about the ownership. So things can change really quickly. So you think people can talk themselves away from competing and being bold, but actually you look at it, really, yeah, it's going to be hard and there has to be a lot of hard work put in, but it's not impossible. So for me, oh, they can go a long way from where they are at, at the moment, which is perennial strugglers, to top eight next season. I think that's got to be the target. Um, and then the seasons after that, they've got to be knocking on the door, top four, and then. But in that meantime, it might be nice if they won a cup. Be nice, wouldn't it? A little bit of silverware, a little bit of silverware for the new or the old stadium. Well, magpies were like shiny things. We do, we do, mm-hmm. we love them. So let's talk about the stadium. Then you started talking about it there, Mick, and I pulled you back, I reined you in, but I'm I'm going to let you go. Um, they talked about it, and you did. You did. Uh, you referenced what they said. Um, Murdad said it would be like tearing your soul out, um, which I assume is how he said it. Um, on on build uh, with regards to removing Newcastle United from St James's Park, with regards to building a whole new stadium, they have talked about aiming to increase the um, capacity. It's 52,000 at the moment. There's potential on the Gallagher side. I know that uh, Mike Ashley sold off Strawberry Place, but those people have, there's some dodgy stuff going on there. <laughs> um, so um, you, Mick, are of the opinion that you are open to the conversation about re- moving away from St. James's Park if it means we get a 70k plus stadium. Yeah, not even a 70k, but, you know, 65, 70, I'll, I'll probably settle at that. But I think, um, I, do I want your castle at the States and James's Park? Of course I do. If they can if they can realise their ambitions on the only ground that they've ever played at, at then yes, then that, that should be that should be it. And then it's, should they, could they move? It depends. So if the if the club remain in near to the city centre, so for example, if they were, you know, going to build on Castle Leases for argument's sake or which they, you know, they tried to do 20 odd year ago um, or they were to build on a site like the Metro Arena mm. um, or even up Barrack Road where the BBC is and just bought all that all those kind of low level buildings and flattened them and built the stadium there then I'd, pr- I'd probably be happy about that I'd be okay I'd be okay with that as long as they can get lots of people in to watch the team what I wouldn't like to be is to be kind of a prisoner of nostalgia and history at St James's Park with the same 52,000 people there week after week and it become a private club. Mm. I want the club to be open. So Club of the North, we need more people to be able to get into the to the ground. But, you know, if they can stay at St James's Park and extend and, you know, get us up to past 60-odd thousand, etc., then I'd pr- probably be happy with that. But if they can't, if it's impossible on that side and you know 
how how many times have we had people having conversations about what they can do with the Lisa's Terrace and St James's Terrace, and I hear things about well, knock it down and rebuild it, and all this, all these mad things. Mate, I'm saying they're mad. Somebody's probably going to tell me it's completely feasible, but <laughs> um, I don't know. But um, I would love them to stay there because that's the only place I've ever watched Newcastle play home games, and so has anybody. Um, but you know, I'd I'd embrace the change if it was the if it was the right plan, the right stadium in the right in the right place. And for me, it would have to be in the city centre. If they were talking about as they tried to twenty odd years ago, when uh, when the plan was up for the the Castle Leasers Leasers Park kind of site, there were people saying they should go to Newburn. I would be completely against that. They're, yeah, they're called the tune for a reason, aren't they? And that's because they're playing the town centre. I think there's yeah, there's a lot to be said for that. If you go to the American Express Stadium in Brighton, you you have a lovely day out in Brighton, and then you have to get on a train or get get in the car and and go fifteen minutes up the road. It's it just it breaks up the the like momentum of the day and there's so much to be said about town buzzing yeah. when it's match day adam what was your take on it just to um extrapolate a bit more from what my dad said um talking about him like he's my pal he's not um <laughs> we will definitely look at expanding it working with the city and council to see what we can do there are a lot of things that need to happen first but that's the way forward if we can get it to 60 or sixty-five thousand, that would be amazing i think that's great and i think that's sort of Mick alluded to, that kind of keeps it going for a while. Yeah, um, if they were able to do that on the same site. I, yeah, make, you make you make a really really good argument about the future and it's maybe something that we'll have to consider more seriously um, in yet a few years from now. But I I would hate to leave St. James's Park. It's It rubs shoulders with the pubs. It's it's part of the fabric of the city. It's... As, as, as Charlotte, you said, like the, the, that momentum of sort of passing through from, you know, landing at Haymarket or another metro or, wh- or wherever you come in from Central Station or whatever, everyone just kind of merges and, you know, and it, if it if it was kind of like up the road, you know, to, up, up Barrick Road or Castle Leases, like you say, um, hypothetically, or even down in the, down on the quayside where, where the, what is going to be the old arena is, is sat now, I just, it loses it. I don't, it wouldn't be this, I know that routines can change, but I just think it would be completely different, it would be a completely different experience, it would be a completely different vibe going to, you know, a stadium city, like, you know, just outside the, you know, the um, the perimeters of the, of the actual town centre, so it's, I'm very conflicted about this, like, I'm, Mick's right, it's, a, it's, you know, we have to kind of consider that this is probably going to be a possibility, but I think what, to bring it back to the article, what mm. what Murdad's saying, they're going about it the right way. They're doing it in the right order. That you know the fact that he understands how much that stadium means to this club. It is the club. Mm. It, it's the it's the HQ of the club. That's where everyone goes to. That's a club without that HQ is just it's just it's a concept. It's it's almost theoretical. It's like. He understands that he talked talked about you know it being the soul being ripped for what, what, what I, I forget the, the Very exact. dramatic language it would be like tearing your soul out yeah and and I think hopefully they can be able to stay stand by that a comment like that because it's quite quite a big comment as it it, it is and I and I hope it's it, it almost sort of says look we won't move unless we absolutely absolutely have to so again that's that's what I glean from it but it, it's. It's sort of aggressive language that's protective of what we have at the minute, you know. And, and as after Mike Ashley 
dabbled with renaming the stadium and just kind of bastardized, attempted to bastardize the club. The fact that these owners want to protect what we have and 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 and, and enhance it as it is and as, and keep it as authentic as possible. Yeah, that's that's music to my ears. It's 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 really really good to hear. So I've got I've got a question for Go for both of you. So I know it's not feasible, right? So because there's been development on that land, but if the club could have bought the brewery site, oh yeah, would you have been happy if they'd moved just there? over the road? If they just moved, picked their shopping up and just moved over the over the road, I, I yeah, I an interesting question. Probably, probably would have been okay with it. It's right there. You'd have to still call it the same. Yeah, you'd so, have to still call it the same. So we've established with both of you, you're all up for a move. Well, it, it's very, it's not in, not unconditionally. No, no. Yeah. yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm probably with Charlotte there. There, oh. there are caveats. I think the fact that it's like you could, it's in, within a stone's throw from the from the current stadium location. Yeah. That is a big. That's probably the the biggest part of it for me. It gives us what we want, which is a city centre stadium. Yeah, 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 and it's and it's still in the geographical sort of like, like so Gallagher, isn't it? Yeah, it's on Gallagher, yeah. right? It's it's right there, um, and so for for the sort of nost- you know, you didn't want to be a prisoner of nostalgia or whatever. For those people, I think that would take that box, but it's a moot point because it's now student flats, and, and it's not going to happen. No. <laughs> Sadly, no, no, it's just big, tall, ugly, mirrored buildings now. Um, all right, so. Adam, you talked there about how St. James's Park is the HQ. It, it is the club. Another element, though, I would contend is, is of the club it's, is the training ground, right? It's it's it, it's where it's where they go all week and then they perform for us on a Saturday, if you will. They haven't recent. They they've only just recently started doing that, but in theory, I think it's a it's a training ground in that it is a ground that they go to train in. But in terms of how we how Premier League clubs consider a training ground, it is yeah, it's a, a wasteland. long, long way from it. Yeah, absolutely. It's, yeah, it's a wasteland. So they talked about that in the article, and I think that is really important. A lot of people, you know, when you start thinking about attracting talent, yes, it's Eddie Howe. Yes, it's the project, the dissertation, the um, the the stadium expansion, all of that stuff. But it's also what facilities have you got? Are you state of the art? Am I going to get the absolute best training? Am I going to get the absolute best rehabilitation? At the moment, the answer is no. Like truthfully, no. It's it's not that good. You, you, uh, it, it, it's it's uh, what's the word I want? Like it's it's the scraps, isn't it? It's not. So they've talked about it. They've said, um, I think, again, it was it was Murdad Gadusi saying it would probably take three years, maybe a bit more. They're looking for another um, space for it. They're not just looking at sort of trying to improve what they've got. They're looking for a whole new space, build something new. Um, do you think, Mick, that that's going to hold Newcastle back? That com- Like sort of when we're talking about the whole package, about attracting other players, for example, um, is that is that going to hold us back waiting and and spending that three years building that out? Well, it didn't stop us signing Bruno Gamarish, did it? So you know he's a he's a good signing. It di- it didn't it doesn't look like it's going to stop us signing Sven Botman, but I think eventually it's not it's not the kind of it's like the Lee Charmley thing. No player has turned us down because of the training facility. <laughs> you know, um, it's about what you achieve with the training facility. So. You know, we've all seen those mad photos of professional footballers on 50, 60, 70 grand a week getting into wheelie bins, bins. for ice baths and stuff yeah. like that. And, you know, that's just mental. <laughs> uh, and I, d- I don't think the training facilities are terrible. I've, I've, it's a while since I've been to them, but the, it's a bit like a David Lloyd 
gym, mm. if you like. So it, it's a ni- it's nice. If you went if you went there, you'd think it was nice, but it's just not competing with the Melwoods at Liverpool and uh, you know um, el- elsewhere. You know, so um, they do need to spend big on it because that that is the HQ. That's where players kind of associate the club more than the stadium, probably because they spend more time there. Um, so it's kind of they're looking for locations, aren't they? I don't think that should be a massive problem. Yeah. Um, I mean, they did look at Gosforth Racecourse, didn't they? And that's handily owned by, by the, the Rubens. Rubens. <laughs> so I wonder what the attraction is there. So um, <laughs> and then they've looked at the Wolsington Hall Farm site as well, which was mooted years ago. I'm talking nearly thirty years ago when John Hall got his hands on the club, um, and then that never moved forward because uh, there were. They wouldn't daft things like buying rugby and basketball teams. Um, so um, that that looks like it could be the favourite. So, you know, if it is a good site, and they all live up in Darisol and Pontylan, don't they? So, you know, it's just round the corner, not far from the airport, ideal, really, location. But what do I know? They've got to get the plans right and get sorted on it. But um, I, I think if I was a the right type of professional footballer, I would be looking at, firstly, are the painters top dollar? Yeah. Secondly, what's the manager like? You know, is he a good guy? Is he going to help me with my career? And then thirdly, it's like kind of what's the club like? You know, so what's it like playing in the ground? That probably comes after what's the training facilities? What are the, you know, how am I going to be looked after? Um, so that's all part of that overall package, isn't it, for for, for footballers? Um, so crack on. I think they should be, you know, they should be going full bang at it could be going tonto with that thing do you so do you think three years is is too slow on that side so i wasn't sure what they meant by the three years was it three years to find a site or was it three i think years it to was get it three done? years to get it all done right. um, oh well that's, like, that's how i read it i don't know what yeah do i think? thought it would be three years to get it done yeah. oh well i think that's fair enough yeah, yeah obviously what they're inheriting a club that ha- we're all very aware that a lot needs to be done but you know when they talk about the training ground and they talk about all the other things that they need to look at, the women's team and, um, you know, investment in the academy and, and, and everything, the infrastructure as well, that that kind of tells me, as they keep mentioning to us, that there is a lot of work to do, that they have a lot to do, which will mean that they will have a lot of recruitment to do um, so that they have you know, experts in their fields who can get all this stuff done, that they can delegate down so they can look at you know the cliched big picture stuff. You know they're, they're, they're the owners. Um, certainly, Amanda and Murdad are kind of doubling down. You know they are the um, how do they distri- describe themselves? They're the custodians. Cl- yeah, the, yeah, asset managers. Asset, asset managers. Manager. That's it. And that, oh, yeah, yeah, and that yeah. regardless of who comes in and how, they're still going to be there yes. at the forefront, kind of doing a, a you know a mix of things, almost like general managers, really, aren't they? Just doing a, a mix of everything and getting involved with everything. But yes it makes sense that they will hire people to to head up each one of these separate, very, very important projects so that they can stay focused on, you know, this this trajectory that we need to be on. Um, but yeah, it, the, the amount of things listed is absolutely great that they want, that they're very aware of and acknowledge need to be addressed and they need to develop or create or throw money at and invest in. But yeah, little red flag saying, yeah, that is a lot to do. Mm. And that is you know don't you don't necessarily we know there's a lot to do but don't give yourself too much to do at once because we we don't want things off the pitch to be derailed and we want to keep that focus on the pitch keep that momentum going and all this stuff bubbling away in the background um it's going to require a big team of people and people that they trust and people that 
that you know they're compatible with got chemistry behind the scenes we're used to a skeleton staff at the club as well so it'll be nice to actually be an employer in the city and um living wage employer yeah yeah exactly and and that that, that's 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 an important point as well but yeah there's there's a lot to get through and you know we just don't want their progress to be hampered by such you know a lot of overwhelming to-do lists i will say though that um i agree but I do see there are massive encouragement. Dan Ashworth is going to come in. That frees up, hopefully will free up some of their time to do stuff. They're going to get the CEO in. That's going to free up some of their time. They're going to be running the show, but hopefully, you know, people will be doing the, they won't be in the weeds in the way that they are now. So I, I am encouraged by that. I did particularly like that um, Murdad, um, while they were all in Saudi Arabia, was, was, um, putting new carpets and and painting painting the current training ground like just try to make it a bit nicer some back. scatter cushions in the yeah. uh, breakout <laughs> but i mean training ground is important isn't it like it, even to the extent of of, of the players where they they weren't having lunch together before and having a space to do that having like that sort of communal space not having sky sports news on the Telly's having schedules for the day on the TV screens there and things like that to focus the mind and to make them all sort of buy into this stuff. Those little things are helping, but I I, I do think it's it's enormously important that we that we upgrade quite quite quickly. I don't know if there's any truth in the fact uh, of the of the players having to put find it where the training ground was on the sat nav because it didn't look like they'd been there much. <laughs> training one, uh, we've got one. <laughs> Amazing. Um, no, I, I, I do. I think that, that I think I think three years all in, we, we, we'll manage. Like you said, Mick, there's there's those three components there that people are going to be looking at when they're when they're thinking about joining Newcastle United as a player. And we're ticking many of the boxes, two and a half of the boxes, aren't we? It's marginal gains, isn't it, from the um, the um, from what you get from different facilities. So. You know, Eddie Eddie Howe's a student of the game, isn't he? And and so is Dan Ashworth. You know, great CV he's got. But uh, I think Ashworth, when he comes, and they need to kind of get over that hump in the road with uh, Brighton about compensation about for, for him so he can crack on, I think that's going to be his number one job in the next three years. His job might not even be getting involved in the recruitment of the players. They, they, they might, that might be the chief exec. And they seem to want to do that in it as a committee. Yes, um, yeah, so, they, they said that in the article. Which makes sense, doesn't it? So it's kind of the finance and the type of player they want. And um, and, and I'm really, really pleased that they're looking very closely at character because we've seen some arseholes in the past, haven't we? So, you know, yeah. um, we need to avoid that. And, it, you know, um very good friend of mine is an Everton supporter and, and he just throws his head in his hands about the amount of money that they've thrown at Everton and failed because they've just you know they've they've had the wrong manager with the wrong players and then that manager's left he's brought a few new players and they're just a mess they don't mesh you know they're just a, a kind of a jumble sale of, of of very expensive players so we've got to get that recruitment right that's where you know having the money behind you is just part of it you know Sunderland had Ella Short who was a billionaire uh, he, but he didn't know his arse from his elbow, so he he wasted two hundred million quid of his own money. Try not to laugh at the back, um, but <laughs> you know, and they are where they are as a result of rec- of ridiculous recruitment mm-hmm. and you know a revolving door of managers. That's why what we've got to uh, avoid, and that's why I'm, I'm so gratified to hear them thinking in the long term and building up Eddie Howe and 
and and think getting the right people in to make the right decisions and process and all of that kind of stuff just oozes professionalism to me. Yeah, and I think Mick, when you mentioned there about character and how important that is to them, I think that speaks a lot about them and who they are. And they are humans, and they're present, and they're engaged, and they communicate, and they're open, and they're honest. And th- th- these are traits we haven't been used to in an owner well, for a long time. Yeah, <laughs> do you know what I mean? It, it's it's. I th- I think the idea that they want the right people, and I think the fact that Eddie Howe is is a inherently a good guy. I think that think that matters that stuff matters and you know even, even when you know past couple, past couple of managers were here we have had a quite a decent group of players yeah. we've had a good core of players there's been very few bad apples very few really yeah. um and i think you know that's quite a good basis for them to start at that they can kind of then grow and develop but yeah it's just it's just very refreshing to have owners coming out saying this stuff yes saying stuff that we want to hear but you know they've they've kind of They've shown us what they, you know, that they've kind of backed up their words before. They've shown that they've um, put faith in Eddie Howe and then that's reaping benefits. So, you know, who who are we to say that they can't achieve any of the things that they want to achieve? Let's that's let's it. let's let's enjoy riding the crest of a wave. Let's be positive. Let's get behind them could and not just have, get excited sorry. by, um, you know, the, the plans that they have for the future of the football club. They could not have signed a better character than Kieran Trippier, the first player that they brought into the club. Bang on, mate. Yeah. You know, and, and then you look at... You look at uh, uh, Big Dan Byrne, the the, the Camus Cannavaro. Um, uh, uh, you know he's a go- he seems like a good lad, mm. doesn't he? And that, I like the I like the look of Target as well. All know, of I, cannot, them. I cannot work out why they've got rid of him and brought that Dini in from Everton. He, he by all accounts he's a bit of a dick. So yeah. you know, so it's kind of for for me that that's. You know, I don't know anything about Bruno Gomarish, to be honest. He looked good, mind. He's always yeah. busy on the ball at 25 minutes. Um, but so the character is really, really important, you know, and we've, we've just been down the road of, of, finding, of, of signing bad players in the past, as have other clubs. So I'm really gratified that that's a big consideration. Agreed, and uh, I think I think uh, I think some people I think there's been a little bit of criticism, and I, I will leave it there because mindful of the time. But been a little bit of criticism. This is too bold. They're saying things that they're over deliver, they're over promising. When they will they under deliver? Blah blah blah. To your point, Adam, time will tell. And I also think there's an element of like we're so unused to this from our ownership. We're so unused to ambition. We're so unused to transparency. We're so unused to like just sort of big audacious goals like that 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 it feels a little bit like they're just gonna hate us but uh but <laughs> i think i think this uh, article and, and the future of newcastle united is very bright indeed so um thank you very much adam thank you mick for joining me this evening thank you all for listening uh we will be back with the free podcast post brighton post another big win we hope um stick with us thanks so much <laughs>